Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 79 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about getting raving testimonials with Kim Winsel. We talk about a lot of topics here, including why testimonials are important and how you can ask clients for testimonials. Kim also talks about the types of questions you should be asking and the other information you should consider gathering when you're asking clients for testimonials. We talk about using the information you've gathered to create an effective testimonial and tailoring your request to serve your dream clients. And we dive into the difference between client feedback, testimonials, and case studies. This is a great episode if you're interested in learning more about how you can share testimonials that actually speak to your dream clients. Kim is a brand consultant for entrepreneurs and small businesses who want to introduce new services or raise their rates. They want proof that what they're building will sell. She helps people peek into their customers' minds so they can attract the right people, make their brand stand out, and turn their website into a marketing machine. Hi, Kim. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So I read your bio at the top of the show, but I'd love if you would tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I am a brand strategist for entrepreneurs and small businesses that are really looking to scale their business by introducing new services or raising their rates. So um, they're really looking for proof that what they're building will sell. And so I help them peek inside the minds of their customers so they know how to attract the right people, make their brand stand out from often a really crowded marketplace and turn their copy on their website into a marketing machine. I own Pattern of Purpose. I have owned this business for about three years and it actually started as a slightly different business. I think as many of us can relate to, I've pivoted recently. So I actually started Pattern of Purpose to help women who were mid-career and making, were making pivots in their professional life. And so whether they were just in a job that they didn't like anymore, or it wasn't fulfilling kind of where they saw themselves in five to 10 years, or they had tried out a couple different things, but just wanted a little bit more focus on how to find that right thing. Um, And so I did that for several years before realizing that a lot of my clients actually were turning to business ownership themselves. And so while we had worked through the process of what brings you to life, what do you like doing, what do you want to be known for, uh, I had several clients who actually started their own business. So one was a lawyer actually in Romania who was working for a big corporate firm and she's like, I know I can run my own firm. I want to do it. So I helped her through that transition. I had another client recently in DC, actually where I'm based, and she was in a quite a frustrating job search. And then she ended up uh, starting consulting on her own. So more and more, I was getting the sense that, okay, I've been working with people on their personal brands and now they have this business brand. And I sort of followed that curiosity. And, and so here I am now working with businesses who 
they want to be known for something and they know that's not how their audience is seeing them. So we work through all of the different elements of their brand from their messages to what they're offering to the feedback that they're getting from their clients uh, to help make sure that they are really showing up the way they want to in standing out for their niche. That's awesome. I know that's such a struggle when you run your own business to kind of we know what we do, but it's hard to t communicate that to other people. So I love that you're helping people with that. Yeah, I have a colleague who always says, you can't be your own editor. And it's so true. I mean, haven't we all felt like, I know this is what I want to say. Why aren't people understanding what I'm trying to say? And we just bang our heads against the wall so much. And sometimes it just takes that other person to look at us from an objective standpoint and say, well, maybe you might need to be saying it this way, that we then have those crazy aha moments. Mm -hmm. All right. So today we're talking about getting raving testimonials, which is something you help your clients with. So I'd love to start with talking about why testimonials are important when we're running our own business. Yeah, absolutely. So I think with testimonials, you know, from a very basic standpoint, everyone knows that you need them, right? But um, the deeper sense of why do you need them, I think we tend to gloss over. And so there's sort of three things that testimonials can do for your business. Um, one is they give your business credibility. So when you have somebody looking to potentially work with you, they want proof that they're not the first person you've ever worked with. And even if you're a brand new business owner, you've probably done this kind of work before. Uh, and whether it was pro bono or whether it was maybe in a job before you started your business or maybe, you know, like me, before I pivoted, I had done some of this work in my business before. But that credibility um, is the proof that you've worked with others and you've gotten them the results that you're saying you can get your customers. So that's one piece of why I think testimonials are really important, that credibility factor. The second piece is uh, authenticity. And I know being authentic, like that's such a buzzword right now. Everybody wants to be authentic, but what does that actually mean? So in, in the sense of uh, marketing your business and how testimonials can help, authenticity means that your website and your marketing messages are reinforced by those people who have already reaped the rewards of working with you. So, you know, it's what you're saying is actually true because other people are reinforcing that message. And then the third piece is just trust. So um, I love this concept of social proof, but we, we all know it, right? Um, who hasn't used Yelp to look for a restaurant when they're in a new city um, or, you know, staying at a hotel and they're looking for things to do around their hotel? This social proof is basically when we see others um, have benefited from a product or a service or a business, and we feel like we're similar to that type of person, we're more likely to believe that we can benefit too. And so testimonials are really important because they provide this social proof. It's somebody else saying, oh yeah, you should trust this person. I'm rating them highly. It's not just them rating themselves highly. Yeah. And I think that is a really important piece is that we can tell people that we're good at what we do all day, but it means a lot more when it's coming from somebody else who has worked with us and has seen what we can do. And, you know, it's not like we're just saying, oh, I'm great. It's other people saying, yeah, I can actually vouch for them. A hundred percent. And, you know, Samantha, it's funny because 
I think we can all think of a time where somebody has recommended someone to us and it doesn't matter what their website looks like or you know whether their packages are exactly what we're looking for if somebody else says yeah they can solve your problem that just makes us feel like oh yeah okay i trust this person i should trust this business and there's just something about that again credibility and trust factor that it just speaks volumes when it's relationship based yes all right. So if we have worked with somebody in the past and we want to get a testimonial for them, how can we ask for that? And when should we ask? How should we ask? And how do we follow up? So I know that's a lot of things, but like, <laughs> how do we go about doing this? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I want to start off with just shedding some light on a misconception that I think makes people fumble when they're thinking about getting a testimonial. So a lot of times um, when people are actually asking for testimonials, they say they're asking for client feedback. And in my mind, I really like to differentiate client feedback from testimonials. And here's why. If you can think of yourself as your own former client, when you're getting something mostly through email, right, that's asking for client feedback, that triggers a different response than if I'm asking for a testimonial. And let me explain why. So when I'm hearing client feedback, typically my mind starts thinking, okay, what are some things that went well, but also what are some things that I feel like could be improved? So when I, when I hear client feedback, I think much more about the process, the system, how we work together, and how, from my perspective as the client, how that could be possibly improved. When you're asking for a testimonial, I think most people know this is a glowing review, right? I'm gonna be right, focusing on the things that were really great and not focusing as much about anything that could be improved because obviously nobody wants to put something up on their website saying, well, she was really great at this point, but she could use some improvement on these <laughs> other points. Um, and so, as clear as you can make your request, the better information you're going to get. And as much of a targeted request that you can make, um, you're going to get the information that you're really looking for. So with all of that said, most people are really happy to spread the word when they're happy with the services that they've received. And I say services because product testimonials are slightly different. So most of what I'm gonna talk about is for service-based providers. But um, when we, enjoyed the process when we're really happy with the outcomes we want to tell other people um, so I would just say I see a lot of people hesitant they don't want to be self-serving or self-promotional but you don't have to feel that way so the best time to ask for a testimonial really is when you're wrapping up with a client and I would say like the most ideal point is when you're having one of your last sessions or you're finishing up with an email sending them files saying hey it's been such a great opportunity to work with you. I've really enjoyed these three things and I've seen improvement in these areas. I would love if I could share your experience with other people who might be considering working with me. Would you consider answering a few questions that I could then use as a testimonial on my website or in my marketing materials? So that's just a general script that you could use to ask for it. And Typically, I would not include the actual questions you want them to answer in that first ask for the testimonial. It 
feels a little bit like overwhelm. And um, you first want to see if that's something that they would consider. So the best time would be when you're wrapping up with a client. But you certainly can go ask clients that you've worked with several months ago um, for testimonials as well. The point where I think the request starts getting less effective is if you're nearing a year or multiple years since you've worked with somebody, you know that it's just hard when time get, separates you from working with somebody. And you can remember, so for instance, Samantha, if it were you and I, if you had built a website for me a year ago, I think in my mind, I would still know, oh, it was great. She addressed these challenges that I was having. But those intricate details about why you versus the other people that I was considering, what made you stand out? What were some of the things throughout the process that you did to help me feel at ease? Some of those details are going to get lost when more time goes by, if that makes sense. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So one other thing that I think people aren't sure about how to address is, how do I follow up? <laughs> and, I, and if I send a request to somebody and I don't hear back from them, does that I should just take that as they're not interested in, in providing me feedback? And I wouldn't necessarily just jump to that conclusion. As a busy person myself, I love when people follow up. It gets their request to the top of my inbox. I might have opened it on my iPhone and it was unread and then I'm on my desktop and I just don't, you know, I, I don't see it and respond to it. So I love when people follow up. And I think the best time to follow up is maybe three to five days after the first request. And if you don't hear back after that first follow up, you can send a second follow up maybe a week later. And then at that point, I think you might consider, okay, let's move on to requesting from someone else. Yeah, that makes sense. And I've had a lot of clients that I'll send that first email that a lot of times I hear, sure, I'd love to do that. And I send them the questions and they don't get around to it right away. And so sometimes I even have to follow up when they've said yes, but they haven't actually done the work. And it's just reminding them in their busy schedule, hey, this is only going to take a few minutes. Can you do this to help me out? For sure. And I think one of the things that helps when you're making that request is letting them know why them? Everyone likes to feel special, right? And you're going to go after testimonials from the people who represent the type of clients you want more of, right? Um, one of the things that I think is really important to consider, and most designers know this, but you want to feature the work that you want more of. So you want to feature clients who represent the type of ideal client you want more of. And so just letting them know what makes them a little bit special while you're reaching out to them versus reaching out to everyone you've worked with helps a little bit. And then also uh, letting them know how this is going to be used. So I think it helps people feel more comfortable if they know exactly where their information is going, whether it's on your website or whether it's a hard copy marketing piece or maybe even you're speaking at a conference and you're putting a little blurb under your bio about somebody who's worked with you. It's just really helpful to know where that information is going that they're providing. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that you should be asking for testimonials from the people you want to work with um, more. So when we design portfolios for people, 
from a website perspective, that's what I tell people is choose projects that you want more of and testimonials are the same way. You have to make sure that what you're putting out there is representative of the services that you want to provide to people. Exactly. When was the last time you checked to make sure your website was healthy? The only way to know if your website is serving your business and working correctly is to make maintenance a regular part of your to-do list. I've created a maintenance guide at lemonandthesea.com maintenance that will help you get a picture of how your website is performing, what's working and what isn't, and the things you can work on improving so that you can continue to show off your expertise and bring in more dream clients. Inside, you'll learn why website maintenance isn't something to put off until next week, 15 tasks you should be doing on a regular basis to maintain your website, and the tasks you need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash maintenance. So when we ask for testimonials, somebody said, yeah, I would be happy to do that. What types of questions should we be asking? This is, I think, the crux of what makes a really great testimonial and what makes it stand out from a more generic testimonial. So I think all of us can think of specific examples of going on a website or seeing an ad and just seeing the very generic testimonials, mm-hmm. right? That are like, oh, it was so great working with Sally. She's so amazing. You should definitely work with her. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> and like, that doesn't tell me anything. And if I am visiting someone's website and considering whether to work with them, I really feel like that just takes up space. It doesn't help move me along in the customer journey any further. It doesn't help convince me that this is the right person I should work with any more than anything I already knew. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. So the best questions that you can ask, they do one of three things and they could do all of these um, if you, you ask them in a bundle. So let me break it down what these three topic areas are. So one would be addressing objections. And I think that we typically don't ask these questions and testimonials just because it doesn't occur. But it's really important for your prospective customers to know hey, did other people have these questions before considering working with you? Whether that's price related, whether that's fit related, you know, is this person the right fit for me? I'm not exactly sure. Whether it's, is this the right time to hire someone like her? And so um, addressing objections, figuring out why your past clients might have been hesitant or had questions about working with you is really important because then you can use that information to put up front in a testimonial that is speaking directly to the same things that your prospective customers might be wondering. Um, Another area is explaining decisions. So what did that decision-making process look like for you when you were considering who to hire? What stood out about me versus other businesses that you were looking at? Um, What were the factors that made you decide, yes, okay, I'm all in? Like, what were those specific things? And then lastly is showing the before and after. And this is helping guide the people who you're asking testimonials to really be able to show what their life or business looked like before hiring you and what it looked like after hiring you. And when you can put those before and after together, it creates such a vivid picture 
for the value and the benefit of working with you. Um, and I have several questions that exemplify these three areas that I could run through if you think that would be helpful. Uh, sure. If you want to give us a, just a couple of examples, that'd be great. Great. Yeah. And um, I'll also have a free download that'll cover a lot of this information. So don't feel like you have to be scribbling down all of these questions. Uh, you can get it after this airs with uh, a download. But let's think about one question that might address the objections. So you could ask your past clients, thinking back to when you first found me, what questions or hesitations did you have about hiring me? Compared to others, what drew you in specifically to my business or program? And then if you're thinking about the before and after, what do you think that you're ready for now that you weren't ready for before? And so the thing that I like about phrasing questions this way instead of a yes, no answer is it gets your customers to elaborate through email. And one of the hard things whenever we're asking for feedback or testimonial is feeling like we're just not getting enough answers to our questions. And that's why I love getting on the phone and being able to dive deeper. But often with testimonial requests, you really are depending on email. And so the more you can get people, set people up to elaborate, the better. Yes. Yeah, I have found that even when people are trying to be helpful with something like this, if they can give you a yes, no answer, they will. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot less time. And so when you phrase questions the way that you, in your examples, you're asking them for more information. It's really hard for them to say, yes, I'm ready for more stuff than I was before I worked with you. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to naturally write more than that so that you have more than that to use. Right. Exactly. Okay. So other than asking those types of questions, what information should we consider asking for from our clients? Great question because you have the information, but how do you attribute it? So I think as much as you can, you want to use their name. A name just helps establish that trust factor because there, there have been some people who have used testimonials that feel manufactured. So there's some skepticism around, are these real? <laughs> and so if you can add somebody's name to it, that helps promote trust. As much as possible, if you can use an image that it has been shown to be much more effective with the testimonial as well. But there are several other things that you can include um, as an attribution. One would be their um, website URL. So if they're another business, um, you could put their website attached to the testimonial as well. And that helps from a credibility standpoint for you, especially when you're working with somebody who's well-known or um, an established business owner. But it also works for the person giving you the testimonial because that's another referral source for them. So a great example, and I'm sure you're familiar with this as a web designer, like web designers that I've worked with, they've put their website design by and then their URL at the bottom of my website. So that helps draw traffic back to their site as well. You can also do a bio snippet. So I think you've probably seen somebody give a testimonial and then their name in New York Times bestselling author. Um, and that just, again, goes back to the credibility source. You could list the service type. And so I think this is probably most important when you are trying to show the specific benefits for a, a 
program or service that you're offering, maybe it's newer and you want to highlight exactly what's so great about it and that somebody's already been through the process, then you might want to put the service type attached to the testimonial. And same thing for year of service. I find that business owners who are newer, A, they're looking for testimonials, but B, they want to be able to prove that they've done this work more than just in the year 2018. So if you worked with somebody, again, doesn't have to be a paying client, but if you've provided that value and service to someone, maybe it was in 2017, and you wanna put 2017 theirs just to establish your track record, that can be helpful as well. Awesome. Yeah, I had an experience where I was looking for a service provider for my business, and I was going to a bunch of different people's websites, And on one of the websites, I actually saw a testimonial from one of my previous clients and reached out to her and, you know, like emailed her and asked about her experience. And that was the person I ended up hiring was the person that she had worked with. But having her name and her information there, I was like, I can connect with this and I know that I trust this person so I can trust this other person I'm considering hiring too. Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And I've been there so many. It's it really is. It's brilliant, right? Because it's something that our brains automatically do, but I think we don't stop to think about the why behind that behavior. But yeah, I mean, I had somebody. Uh, I've been looking to build up my referral network for clients who I'm going through brand strategy and messaging and many of those people are looking to do a rebrand because they feel the momentum. They're like, okay, I have the vision. It's starting to all fall together. Now I need the visual side. And so, of course, I want to work with people who I know, like, and trust. I want my clients to work with people who I know, like, and trust. And that's just the perfect example of the relationship-based marketing that I feel testimonials really falls into. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think especially when you're looking at a service-based business, a lot of times you find people who are either very similar or that you've kind of heard of or you know, and you see a testimonial from them. So it does build that trust factor more because you already trust that first person. Yeah, I'm curious for you how you felt like testimonials have worked because you use them so well across your website. And I'm just interested in what your approach was in deciding to use them, where to use them, and how to use them. For me, I went through a couple stages for questions. So my first questions were like, did you like working with me? Yes or no? (laughs) Um, But I actually had a client who um, does some work just with surveys of people who helped me rewrite my questions, which was very kind of her. So I just have been able to gather some good information from the people I've worked with. And it's important to include those testimonials in places on your website people are going to see. So I made that a priority and it's worked really well for me. Um, Some of the people who have found me, you know, they know other people and even if they are a referral from someone, which I get a lot, they can come to my website and they see, oh, well, I've also heard of these other people that I trust and reach out to me and they see the results that people have gotten that are in my testimonials and that's what they're looking for. So that really connects with them as well. Exactly. I love that. So now that we've gathered all of this information, how can we use it to craft an effective testimonial 
to put something together to use on our website or in our marketing materials? That's a really good question. And I think you sort of need to figure out, before you make the ask, you need to figure out where you're going to use these testimonials. So decide on the questions that you want to ask first. And then when you get the information back from your previous client or customers, look at all of the answers that they've provided or responses that they've provided. And you may, you know, some people are more verbose than others. And so you may have just an amazing testimonial that you can pull just from one response to a question that fits the need that you have. Mm-hmm. What I would say is don't feel like you have to shove all of the information into one package testimonial. Because when you start getting past three to four to five lines of text, it's easy to start glazing over. I mean, we're in a skimming culture. People skim. They usually don't read first word to last word. So I would say, remember, this isn't a case study. And I think we can talk a little bit later on the difference between a testimonial and a case study. But you have two different options. One is you can pull information from various responses that your client or customer has provided or you can create a few shorter testimonials and sprinkle those throughout. Length is just important. Uh, I see a lot of people trying to pile everything into one testimonial and rather than being more effective, actually is slightly less effective. Yeah, I have found the same thing that when you have something that's paragraphs long, people just are not going to read it, especially on your website homepage or your services page where they're just trying to get the information. They're not looking in depth at something yet. And so having a shorter testimonial is definitely more effective. Right. And I will say that when you are pulling maybe a sentence from here and a sentence from there and putting them together, it is good form to send that back to your customer or client and say, hey, this is what I've pulled together based on what you provided. Um, Are you okay with it in this form? It's the same thing for if you've added somebody as a reference that you're, when you're applying for a job, you just want to make sure, hey, you agreed to be a reference. Like this is what you're going to be contacted for. And so you just want to let your client or customer know, this is how I'm representing the general thoughts that you've provided. Yeah. And I have received those emails. Like I've given feedback for somebody. I've received those emails with like, this is kind of what we've put together. And it's really simple for your clients to say, yeah, that all looks good. Or no, can we just change a couple of words? It's not a big ask for them to just review it and make sure that they understand what it is that you're sharing. I completely agree. And it actually, it helps validate a lot of times their decision to hire you because the more that you are showing them the professionalism and the systems that you're using. I think clients and customers, it's almost like learning for them, right? Oh, I've never thought about that. Oh, I really appreciated the way she did that. Maybe I could incorporate that in my business. And that's something that we don't even think of, but we're really modeling for our clients how we do business. Mm -hmm. So as we are talking about testimonials and we've talked about the questions to ask and kind of focusing on the results, is there anything else we should consider doing to tailor our testimonial requests to serve the dream clients we want to work with? Yes, 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 yes. And this (laughs) is, um, 
I want anybody listening to this, I think should go back to the episode where you talked about interviewing your dream clients, because this is the crux of everything that I do and I believe in, in my business, but you have to know what your dream or ideal clients, what their challenges, their desires, and their questions are before you can speak to them. And your testimonials are just another piece of your marketing that is speaking to them. And so the whole reason that we're talking about making them effective, making them non-generic, is so that they are addressing those questions, challenges, and desires that your prospects have. So once you have that information, you want to reverse engineer. You want to know, okay, so these areas are what my dream clients seem to need to know the most before hiring someone or what they're looking for the most when they hire someone and then ask questions around that. So perhaps your dream clients are really focused on, I just don't know if my designer will understand how I'm different from the other 10,000 coaches out there. And I really want to make sure that the person I'm hiring can make the vision in my head come alive visually. So then you would want to make sure that you're asking your customers in testimonial requests, how did you know that I would understand your approach? How were you sure that the process, but also the benefits of working with you really shine in your website? And those are just, you know, off the top of my head. But the key is reverse engineering to make sure that you're asking the specific questions that need to be addressed by your prospects. And this is hard because sometimes we just want to ask what was so great about working with me, right? Because <laughs> it, it feels cheery and, you know, it, it's more generic, so it's more easily adaptable to various people. But if, it's, if your testimonials are going to work in a systematic way in your marketing plan, they need to address that information that your prospects have. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And it kind of works the same way as website copy where you have to know what your dream clients are struggling with and what you need to address before you can write your copy and it's the same way you need to know what they're struggling with what questions they have what results are important to them before you write these questions and put together this information for testimonials so that everything you're doing is reassuring them that either you are the right person for them or maybe you're not the right person but you can use this information to do that for you. Mm, I love that so much because there is fear among all entrepreneurs. I think even the most experienced of us that we are going to turn somebody away and that's a potentially a paying customer. But at the same time, we're also saying, I want to work with more of the people I love working with. So at some point you have to make that decision this is my ideal or dream client, and this is not. And everything about my brand should either attract or repel, right? Yep. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a great thing because that will just push you forward so much to somebody, you know, who wants to get on a consult call with somebody who really isn't the right fit. That's just more of your time explaining what you do, who you serve, why you might be the right fit when your website could do that for you. Yes. So can we talk a little bit, we talked about the difference between a testimonial and client feedback. 
Um, and you've mentioned case studies. So can we just make sure that everybody knows the difference between those things and how we use each of them? Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about feedback, but I really think of client feedback as being of service to your clients. And so you want to consistently improve your client experience and outcomes. And the way that you do that is by asking the people going through your process what went well and what could be improved. This can be done very easily through a survey. And I know surveys are popular uh, because you can just send somebody to a URL and you don't have to do that much additional work. I would say that with feedback, sometimes we don't send those requests and ask the pointed questions because we're scared to hear mm -hmm. what they might say. Um, there's this sense of, oh my gosh, I have poured dozens of hours into this. I don't want to change it. But at the same time, if you're going to get the best results for your clients, you have to ask those questions um, and get the, the real feedback for how your customers and your audience sees your brand and business and not just how you see it. So that's feedback. Testimonials we've talked a lot about. So just very briefly, it's someone else who's worked with you talking about their personal experience with your brand, business, service, or product. Pretty cut and dry. Now, case studies are really showing off the impact of your work. So if you think about the three different areas that I talked about with testimonials, this is really showing the before and after. And um, it can be an extended piece of your portfolio. It's explaining where this customer was, what some of their challenges were, what you focused on working together, and then the results. And so typically putting together a case study, you're going to need a little bit more time in between uh, the end of working with them and when you're putting together that case study. And that's because if you want to say they increased their traffic by 50% or 150%, you need some time for that new website to be out in the world in order to see those results. And you also don't need as many case studies. These can be used really well in a work with me PDF that you send out to prospects who are interested in working with you in a pricing guide, right? It's just going a little bit deeper to what does a typical client experience look like or, and what are some results that I could expect that other customers have already experienced. Yes. And I have had quite a few clients ask me for case studies. So I have them on my website and I can just send them to a link, but you can also have them in a PDF like you mentioned. And it really helps them when they're on the verge of making that decision and they just want to make sure that the service that you're providing is going to get them the results that they're looking for. Right. And I think it's really important for coaches or strategists who wor whose work is largely behind the scenes. You know, mm -hmm. we don't, we're not photographers. We don't have those visual images that are going to help our customers feel like, yes, I can see this. This is the type of style I'm looking for. So I agree. It's that last push over the decision-making hump. Okay. So where should we be using testimonials? So I think you covered this really well in your examples, but obviously on your website, your blog, maybe like a sidebar on your blog, any sales page and funnels that you're putting together for a specific 
push, branded print pieces, marketing emails, but even social media posts. There's a copywriter that I follow and I think it's hard to figure out if you don't have a deliverable, like I just mentioned for a photographer, if you're a copywriter, how do you talk about the value of what you do in the client voice? especially through testimonials. And this specific copywriter pulls really short snippets and puts them on Instagram. Um, and that's part of her social media strategy. And so you're seeing like one sentence or, or less of client testimonials and voice scattered throughout her social media, which just helps reinforce what she's saying in the rest of her marketing approach. Okay. And I know when we had talked earlier, we had discussed having them throughout your website versus on a testimonials page. And from a website design perspective, I tell my clients you should always have testimonials throughout your website, mm -hmm. uh, especially on your services page, in your portfolio. If you are sharing you know, about a specific project, you need a testimonial about it there. You can have them on your homepage or your about page. And what I have found is that when your business grows and you have a lot of testimonials, sometimes it's nice to have one page for those to go as well. So they can be repeated in multiple places, but you're just making sure that wherever somebody goes to learn more about working with you, they're seeing this information. Exactly. And that totally reinforces the skimming culture, right? That we're living in where no matter what page somebody lands on, they are seeing that client voice show up. Okay. So do you have anything else that we haven't covered about testimonials um, that you want to share? No, I think we've really covered it nuts to bolts. Um, and it's just another way of really bringing your client experience out to the public forum to be able to be consumed as part of that decision-making process that your prospects are facing. Okay. And before we wrap up, can you give listeners three action steps that they could take after listening to this episode that would help them to do this and get these testimonials? Sure. So I think the first thing that makes sense to do is start listing out those questions, challenges, or desires that your prospects are coming to you with. So whether that is gathered from the contact form on your website, whether it is notes that you have jotted down that you've written from consult calls, make sure you gather all those together so that you can figure out what those main areas you need to be addressing are in your testimonials. And then second, I think that you need to put together a list of questions that you can pull from that are specific to your business that make it really easy to ask for that testimonial. And the third is just to ask, right? Build it into your process, figure out when it makes sense to ask and what feels comfortable to you because the more that you practice it, the more that it's gonna become a part of your business and you'll have those to pull from um, whenever you need to refresh a testimonial or use it somewhere else because you'll have a whole docket of them that um, aren't repeated, right? You'll have that library. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking about this. I have a couple questions that we wrap up with every week. So the first one is, can you give us an example of how serving your clients well has benefited your business? Absolutely. I'm a service-based business. And one of the coaches that I've worked with in my own business has said, the answer to every question you ever have about your business is, how can I serve my client better? 
And I think that's just so powerful because we get caught up in, well, how am I going to make more money or how am I going to get more visibility? And at the end of the day, you really just need to be focused on what's going to serve your client better. Um, I'm a highly personalized service-based business. I'm not focused on volume. So the crux of my business is satisfied customers. And that just informs every decision that I'm making along the way. Okay. Tell me two things that you're loving right now. They can be business or life or both. Yeah. So one thing that I have been focused on is setting better boundaries in my business. <laughs> um, you know, working from home, it's very easy to disappear into my office and just shut the door and tell my husband to take care of the kids. <laughs> and so right now, one way that I'm doing that is reading for fun not reading business books, but actually um, reading books that have a storyline. And right now I'm reading When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanithi. And I just, it's a nice way to unwind and not keep churning uh, at my business 24 hours a day. The second thing I'm loving is I'm doing a ton of client research for my clients. And that's really just digging in with their customers and figuring out the whole decision-making process of how they decided to work with them. A lot of what we talked about in testimonials, but going a little bit deeper about how their brand is showing up in the world and what they want to see more of. And so that has been very powerful for my clients to be able to see how their audience really is perceiving what they're putting out there and what tweaks they need to be making to let that their vision show up more for their audience. Yeah. Okay. What are you excited for that's coming up in the future? I am going to a ton of conferences and um, I'm excited about that because I am an extrovert and sitting at home in my home office and even working with my clients who are really all over the world, but it's through Zoom or Skype um, or email. And so I'm excited just to get in front of some other creatives, make new connections, and again, like build my trusted referral network for my own clients because uh, that has been really powerful for my business, having that trusted network of other creative entrepreneurs who I trust. Awesome. And my last question is, where can people find you online? So I mentioned before that I threw together um, a PDF of most of what we covered today, and you can find that at patternofpurpose.com slash testimonials. And um, you can obviously find me at my website at patternofpurpose.com. And then on Instagram, I treat my Instagram more kind of like a personal glimpse into my life. So that's at Kim Wenzel, W-E-N-S-E-L. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is something I know a lot of people struggle with. My clients do not like when I tell them they need testimonials on their website. So I'm excited to give them information and give listeners information about how they can do this better and make it easier in their business. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It has been wonderful chatting with you. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 